Thanks for listening to our messages from Southbridge Fellowship. For additional resources and information on connecting people to Jesus for life change, visit us online at southbridgefellowship.com. Good morning, Southbridge. How are you guys doing today? You guys doing good? You had a good Thanksgiving? Good. Just out of curiosity, who's, uh, who's decorated for Christmas yet? Okay, about 50%. That's good. That's good. Uh, me and my wife, we decorated for Christmas this Thanksgiving, so we're in the holiday spirit. Woo. Um, let's, go, let's go before the Father and just pray. Um, Lord God, we, uh, we thank you and we praise you for this time. We thank you that we can just be in your house today and we can just worship you. Thank you that the veil has been torn and we can just come before you. Let us just uh, understand what a privilege that is, Lord, to just become before the creator of the world. Uh, have, have your way in this time. Teach us. I pray that uh, we're all challenged by the word. I pray that I'm challenged by the word, Lord. And let your words just come forth. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, so for those of you that don't know, last time I preached, I did a shameless self-plug of uh, my Instagram account, okay? Um, we was trying to decide the whole, uh, me and Pastor Scott, who's the real Pastor Scott? Obviously, he's the real Pastor Scott. Um, but what you guys don't understand is that I had a secret motive, okay? So I put my Instagram page up on the screen, and uh, what I was hoping for is that I would get more followers that day, you know? <laughs> I mean, like, I, I put it on a big screen in front of hundreds of people. I circled my name. But I, I felt like the disciples out in the boat all night, like, I caught nothing. Like, like, in fact, I think I actually lost followers that day. Um, but how many of us have been there? You know, we kind of like had an expectation of how something was going to go, and yet it turns out to be completely the opposite. Um, you know, we have this expectation of what's going to happen, and then it turns out to be something completely different. Has anybody ever been there before? You've gone into a situation or you've gone through life where you have an expectation, but it just doesn't look like what you expect it to look like. Um, recently, I just put up a bird feeder in my yard. Um, we have a tree in the backyard, and I put it up in the yard, and I had this expectation of what this bird feeder was going to do to my yard. I had this idea that all these wild birds were going to be flocking in, that it was just going to be like this tranquil meadow, that my wife was going to be like Snow White where the birds would come. And, 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 and so I got a picture of th this is what I expected this bird feeder to do to my yard. Uh, but in reality, uh, this is what I got. <laughs> like, seriously, that guy was there all day, like within a day, the whole food had gone. But I feel like th that's the idea, right? That sometimes we can do something and we can have this expectation, but, and then in reality, it turns out to be a squirrel eating all your bird food and, and you know, um, and, but that's true, right? For, for life is we can go through life and we can have this expectation. And, and this idea gets me thinking back to Instagram, right? Um, has anybody got Instagram? Who's got Instagram in the room? Okay. For those of you who don't know Instagram, it's like Facebook, you know, uh, just for younger people. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but uh, Instagram is all about photos, right? It's all about posting the perfect photo, getting the perfect feed. And, and I feel like I've seen before, no joke, I've seen people sit in the same spot for about 30 minutes trying to get the perfect photo for the Instagram. One time me and my wife was at the pool and we saw this girl that was like sat on her pool chair getting the perfect photo. And she literally, she got up and she moved to a different chair to then get the perfect lighting, all for like an Instagram account. Why? Because they're trying to get the picture in their mind to match 
match up to the picture on, on their Instagram feed, right? They have an expectation of what they want it to look like, and it's hard to get that expectation. Uh, take a look at some of these baby pictures of what I think people had an expectation, right? Okay, this is expectation of what they wanted it to look like, and then in reality, this is what it looks like. Okay, you have an expectation. Let's have a look at the next one. An expectation and then reality. <laughs> and then finally, this, this is my best one. Expectation versus reality. <laughs> and, and it's funny, right? We, we laugh at it. But how hard is it going through life when we have an expectation, when we have a picture in our mind of how something's gonna go, how something's gonna look, only to find out it's nothing like we expected. Like, let's imagine, right, I'm sure some of you expected the perfect Thanksgiving this week, right, where all the family's gonna come together, the meals are gonna be perfect, the turkey's gonna be cooked, and then like all the family's gonna get along, only to have somebody utter the words, who did you vote for? To have it all like ruined, right? <laughs> or, or let's say like, you're expecting this job, and your dream job comes available, and you've been waiting for it, and you, got, you went to university, you got, you got the credentials, and you apply for it only to see it go to somebody else, or a promotion that you've been waiting for only to see the other person get it. Or you have an expectation of what marriage is gonna look like, how, you know, on your wedding day it was perfect, you had all the decorations, you said, I do, only to find yourself slamming a door after another argument. You see, it's, it's funny, but it's also hard when we go through life and we have an expectation and it, it doesn't meet our expectations. It's hard, it's not like we picture, but I feel like God wants to encourage you today. He wants you to understand that the place you are in right now is not the whole picture. The picture you're in right now is only part of the picture. And I, and I wanna encourage you, I wanna, I wanna get out a camera and I wanna shout, say cheese, because the, the place you're in right now is just a snapshot of the whole picture of what God has for you. It's just part of the process to get you to God's purpose. And I don't want you to allow today the picture you're in right now to dictate your destiny. Are you guys gonna help me preach this morning? Can you turn to your neighbor and say, say cheese? I named my sermon title, Say Cheese, because I feel like often we can look at our life and we can judge our whole life by the snapshot that we're in, right? We can look at somebody else's life and we can judge their whole life by the snapshot that we see them in. And, and you know, Pastor Dave talked about this kind of idea last week. He said how we often compare our lives to people on social media, right? We see a picture of their life and we think, man, they're so much ahead of me. They're, they're, they're way ahead of the process of life. They don't deal with the same problems that I'm dealing with. But the truth is, can I, can I be honest with you? The truth is they're dealing with the same problems. They're just a better photographer than you are. Okay, that, that's all it is, is, is we cannot judge success in a snapshot. True success is not found in a picture, but it's found in living out God's purpose. You see, God looks at our life, he sees where we've been, he sees where we are, and he sees where we're going, and he sees the big picture. For us, though, we only see the, the snapshot that we're in right in this very moment. And what God is going to do is he's going to use snapshot after snapshot to bring you through a process into his purpose. And so if you're here this morning, I want you to know that God 
has a purpose for your life. But oftentimes it comes in the form of a process. If we read the Bible, we see time and time again this, this, this concept, this idea. And I feel like the place that shows this the most is in the life of David. You guys heard of King David? Who's, who's heard of King David, okay? Say, so most of us heard of King David. King David is one of the only people in the Bible where his life is kind of examined in a wholeness. We, we, see, we see him as a child. We understand his teachings as a child. We see him as an old man. We kind of see this whole picture of David's life. And even like in Psalms, we see like what he's going through, his mind, it's like his, his life is an open diary to us, right? And so, again, for us, we see David's whole life, but all he ever sees is the snapshot that he is in. And that's like so many people in the Bible, right? How often do we read the Bible and we, we look at people's lives in the Bible and we're like, how could you do that? Like, don't, how could you doubt God? Don't you remember when he did this, this, and this? And then, like, like the Israelites, right? They're, they're going through the desert, and they're like, oh, man, did God bring us out here to die? And, like, we read it, and we're like, are you kidding me? Like, did you not just see how God delivered you out of Egypt? Did you not see how God did the signs, the wonders, and the miracles? But all, now, now you're doubting God? And I feel like one time, I remember one time I, I, I kind of questioned that. I'm like, what are these guys doing? And, and then God challenged me. He said, how often do you do the same thing? How often have you seen me provide for you? Have you seen me deliver you? Have you seen, and then the snapshot you're in, you start to doubt me. Because again, we can look at the Bible and we see the beginning and the end. We see the whole story. But all those people saw is the snapshot, the problem that they're dealing with right then. And this, that's the same with David. David didn't know everything that was gonna happen. But that's why I think, so the story of David, we see his strengths, we see his weaknesses. We see the whole thing. And what I love most about David is that he was, he was patient with the process of becoming king. You know, um, he, you know, David didn't become king overnight. You know, he wasn't just anointed by Samuel and handed the keys to the castle and, and it was perfect from there on out. No, David had to go through the process to get into the palace. Now, most of us, when we think of the, the story of David, like David's life, what, what monumental event do we think of? David and Goliath, right. It's, it's an incredible story, right? And, and I feel like we can look at D David and Goliath and we could preach so many messages of that, like how we can become overcomers, how, how we can, with God's help, take down the giants in our life. But that's not where we're going to spend our time today. Instead, we're going to look at that on that great day when he stood before Goliath is the fact that David could have missed an opportunity if he wasn't patient with the process. You see, how did David end up on the battlefield that day? Uh, let's, let's turn to 1 Samuel 17. Um, and, and it says from there, it says, um, so how did David end up on the battlefield? David wasn't a soldier like, like his brothers. He wasn't a soldier like the rest of the men. Instead, it says, how did David find himself standing before Goliath? It says, the three oldest sons of Jesse had followed Saul to the battle. And the names of his three sons who went to battle were Eliab. You know, I, I always struggle saying, saying these names. I once heard that somebody said, if you say it with confidence, nobody will question you. So, <laughs> The firstborn, and the next to him was Abinadab. Is that right? Pastor Scott, am I, am I butchering this? 
Okay, I'm trying, man. I'm trying. Uh, and the third, uh, Shammah. David was the youngest. The three eldest followed Saul, but David went back and forth from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. For 40 days, the Philistines came forward and took his stand, morning and evening. And Jesse said to his, David, his son, Take for your brothers the ephod and this parched grain and these ten loaves. Carry them quickly to the camp to your brothers. Also take these ten cheeses to the commanders of their thousands. See if your brothers are well and bring back token from them. Then it goes on to say that David rose early in the morning and left the sheep with the keeper, took the provisions and went out. As Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the encampment at the host going out to the battle line shouting the war cry. You see, David found himself at the battlefield that day because he was serving his father and his brothers. That might not seem like a big, big deal, right? Okay, yeah, what's your point? The point is, is what we often miss is that David had already been anointed king at this time. The fact that David was anointed king and he's still serving his fathers and his, his father and his brothers. If we jump back, it was about five years before this moment that David was actually anointed king by Samuel. Five years later, we find David in the same place where we found him, serving in his father's field. Sometimes God may have a calling upon your life and you feel like it's going nowhere, but God is wanting you to know that he is faithful in his promises. You just have to walk out the process. We have to be faithful in the field. Turn to your neighbor and say, be faithful in your field. Come on, guys, say it with some passion. <laughs> you see, if David wasn't faithful in his field, he wouldn't have found himself standing before Goliath that day. When David was anointed, I said he wasn't handed the keys to the castle. Instead, he went back to the pasture where God was preparing him. Some of us are waiting for the calling of God upon your life to get you out of that field that you're in. You wait, but maybe by being faithful in the field, God will reveal his promises for you. Some of you are trying to get out of the place where God is trying to use that place to prepare and promote you. You see, you may be anointed, but I feel like it's your obedience and the faithfulness that God will use to carry that anointing. Let's look back at what Jesse was asking his son David to do. He said, Jesse said to David, his son, take your brothers the ephod and this parched grain and these 10 loaves. Carry them quickly to the camp to your brothers. Also take these 10 cheeses to their commanders and their thousands. See if your brothers are well and bring back a token from them. Basically, Jesse was asking David, David the anointed king, to be his delivery boy that day. He was asking David, saying, hey, David, take these grilled cheese sandwiches to your brother and bring something back. He was asking the anointed king to deliver grilled cheese sandwiches. And, and I feel like some of us, if we were anointed king in that moment, we might have approached that with a different attitude than David did. We might have been like, what did you say? Cheese? Say cheese. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? I'm the anointed king. Get somebody else to do your deliveries for you. Don't you know who you're talking to? We might have had a different attitude. David could have easily thought that he was in too high of a position to do such a job as delivering cheese sandwiches. But David understood that it's not about position. It's about purpose. And purpose often comes in the form of a 
process. But oftentimes, we don't like the process. Who likes going through the process? Anybody? We don't like the process. Sometimes it doesn't look like what we want it to look like. Like we have this plan, like I'm going to go to A, B, C, D, and it's going to be perfect. But often, it, it, it doesn't go like that. It takes too long. It, it, it's not going as fast as we want. And for me, my personality struggles with this because I want things like now, you know. I come, I'm a millennial. I come from a microwave generation. Like I see the mountaintop, but I just don't see the mountain in between it. And, and I want things like right now. Like that's my personality. Like I remember one time I did uh, guitar lessons. I took like two guitar lessons and, and I quit after that because I didn't pick it up in two lessons. I'm like, must not be for me. Like if I don't get something straight away, like, but, and, and that's what I struggle with. I struggle with the process. I just want to be good at something right away. I want things to happen when I want them to happen. But that's, that's not how God works. You see, David stood before Goliath that day and he had the courage and faith to go before him. Why? Because God had been preparing him in the pasture. 1 Samuel 17, 33 says, this is Saul talking. You're not able to go against the Philistine to fight him. You are but a youth and he has been a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his sheep for his father. And when there came a lion and a bear and took the lamb from the flock, I went after him and struck him and delivered it from his mouth. And if it arose against me, I caught him by his beard and struck him and killed him. Like David's like a beast, man. Look at him. Your servant has struck down both lions and bears, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them. For he has defied the armies of the living God. By being faithful in the field, God was preparing him. God was giving David the credentials for his calling. And I want to encourage you guys today, don't cut the corners of your calling. Don't cut corners on your calling. Don't try and jump ahead. It's in the process where God has given you everything that you need. God is like Ikea. You guys know Ikea? Like, I, I love Ikea. Like, me and my wife go on date nights to Ikea. Like, you don't go to Ikea because you need something. You go to Ikea and let Ikea tell you what you need, okay? Like... And that's, and that's the same, right? But I actually once read that Ikea was going to be doing a, a cheap uh, budget airline and you could get like flights to England for like $99. I was like so excited. And then like I read on in the article and it was like the reason why they can do it so cheap is because when you get on board, you actually have to build your own chair. <laughs> like, I read this article on April 1st, so go figure. It wasn't, it wasn't true. Um, but, but what's unique about Ikea is unlike any other furniture store, what's, what's unique about Ikea is that the furniture that they sell you, it doesn't come assembled, right? It comes in, in pieces. Now, they give you everything you need. Well, more, more times than not, they give you everything you need, <laughs> but you have to put all the pieces together in the right order, in the right process. And I feel like, just like Ikea, furniture can feel like a puzzle at times, I feel like life can often feel that way, that you could be walking out your life and it feels like, like a puzzle. So I have a, have a, I like illustrations. So I have a 2,000 piece puzzle, right? And this, when David was anointed king, this is what he could have pictured. If you guys can't see, it's like a picture of a huge palace. He had a picture in his mind of what his anointing, what his calling was gonna look like. And I feel like often not, we can feel like God is calling us to something and we have this perfect picture in our minds of what it's gonna look like. And for David, it was the palace. Hey, I'm gonna be king one day. 
And so he pictured this, but truth is, is this is what it looked like for David. You see, God didn't give David the palace straight away. He gave it him piece by piece. And I feel like God has a calling upon your life. God, God might be calling you to something, and you can be feeling like, why is God calling me to this? And everywhere I go, I'm hitting this roadblock. And it's because he's given you it piece by piece. Don't, don't try and jump ahead. Don't try and cut the corners of your calling. I don't want you to compromise your calling by cutting corners. I want you to walk through it, even when it's hard, even when it looks like a puzzle, even when it's confusing. I need you to trust God. Even when you're not certain, you can be confident in knowing that God has a plan. And here's the thing is, you can't, you can't cut corners. You can't, you can't take shortcuts. You can skip the process. You can get ahead by wrong motives. But just like, if I, just like if I took this puzzle and I started to try and force pieces to fit together that don't fit together, or I could, or I could just start like chopping bits off and, and making, them, making them fit, like it, it, might, it might look like the pieces are going together in the moment. It, you, you might be able to make it work for a little while, but if you carried on cutting the corners, you realize that it's gonna look nothing like the picture that God had for you. You gotta trust him in the process. Shout to your neighbor, say, trust him in the process. You can cut corners, but the picture you're gonna get is not the picture that God had for you because you're gonna have traded your calling for convenience and you've done it in vain. Solomon says, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Don't try and put the pieces together to your preference. Go through the process and let God's purpose prevail. Don't cut the corners. And I feel like there's people in this room today, there are people that are going through the process. It's hard, and you've been feeling, about, you've been feeling like you want to quit. You've been thinking about giving up, but you know God has called you to this, but it's taking too long. It's not what you expected. And God is wanting you to know today that he is faithful in fulfilling his promises. He wants you to know today that he sees you in the process. He wants you to keep showing up and not to give up. He wants you to know that he's making a way where there seems no way. He wants you to keep hanging on even when you don't know how to go on. Because he's preparing you. And what you might feel like a setback is actually a setup. The snapshot you're in right now, he's not gonna leave you there. He's actually just pulling you back so he can launch you forward into the purpose that he has for you. We just have to trust him in the process. So my question today is, are you been faithful in your field? The place you are right now, God has placed you in that place for a reason. He's trying to prepare you. Are you been faithful in the field? After David went through the long process, serving in the field, playing music for Saul, fighting Goliath, he moved into the castle with Saul, only to be then fleeing from the castle from Saul. After many challenges, hiding in caves, having spears thrown at him, after many long years, actually it's about 32 years after being anointed by Samuel, which actually Samuel had died at this point, which is crazy, right? Because some of us are feeling like our dreams are dying. Samuel, who anointed David to be king, was dead at this point. After 32 years, 
David finally begins reigning over all of Israel. That's a long time. But that's the thing is God was promoting him. God was giving him piece by piece, and David was being faithful in the process. David enjoyed the process, placed all the pieces together, and now he was king. Now he had that picture of the palace that he once felt so far away from. But then what happens is about seven years later, David forgot about the process. He got content with the castle. He took his eyes off the calling. He took his eyes off purpose. Much like what Pastor Dave was talking about last week, how often do we do the same? God has brought us through something and then we forget. We take our eyes off what God had done, what God's purpose was, and we start looking to the left or to the right. We trade in our purpose for our preference. But we mustn't get content in the castle. You see, seven years later, we see David, after he'd been anointed king, fall into temptation. This is where David commits adultery with Bathsheba. And how do we know he took his eyes off the purpose? Because if you turn to 2 Samuel 11, verse 1, it says this. I think it'll be up on the screen. In the spring of the year, the time when kings go out to battle, David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel. And they ravaged the Amorites and besieged Rahab, Rabbah. But David remained in Jerusalem. It happened late one afternoon when David arose from his couch and was walking on the roof of the king's house. So the roof he saw from the roof a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful. And David sent and inquired about the woman, and, and once said, Is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Iliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? So David sent messenger and took her, and she came to him, and he lay with her. David found himself falling into temptation because he had compromised his calling. You see, success often fosters complacency. He put his preference before his purpose. He found himself gazing upon Bathsheba because he chose to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Let's reread that verse. It says, in the springtime, the time when who go out to battle? Kings go out to battle. David sent Joab, and then it goes on to say, but David remained in Jerusalem. David was meant to be in battle, but instead he stayed in the castle. He compromised. He became complacent. He became too comfortable, too content. Don't get content in the castle. God has brought you to that place for a purpose, for his purpose. The platform God rises you to is for his purpose, not for your possessions. And the famous words of Stanley Lee, which is super sad because he actually passed away this couple of weeks. Um, I'm a big Stanley Lee fan. Anybody know who Stanley is? Okay, yeah. He's, he said this. He said, with great power comes great responsibility. And there are people in this room today that have incredible power in your platform that you're in. Some of you have so much influence over people that most of us wouldn't even get to shake our hands with. But God has placed you in that place for a purpose. It's not, it's not so you can have more possessions. It's not even about your position. It's not whether you're in a pasture or if you're in the palace. It's all about God's purpose. And we mustn't confuse the palace for the purpose. The palace is not the purpose. The palace is just a tool to bring about God's purpose. And this is important for us in the season that we are in as a church. We'll soon be moving into our own facility, our own permanent facility. And, and this is so exciting, right? This gives us reason to celebrate. Can we just take like five seconds just to celebrate what God is doing? 
And, and I, I want to celebrate that. I'm excited about that. I'm so pumped about that because I, I know what God is going to do. But if, if we're not careful, we can become complacent in that. You see, God has been faithful to us as a church, you know. I feel like I, I've missed the whole like long range of like the stuff that you guys have been walking through. But God has been so faithful to us as a church. This body has been so faithfully walking out the process that God has for us. And I'm sure that it didn't look like what we expected it to look like at times. There's times where I'm sure like, hey, we're going to go this way. And we're like, yeah, let's go. And then all of a sudden there's a roadblock. And we can just become confused and like, God, I thought this is what you had for us. And yet we continued to be faithful. We trusted God. And, and why? Because God was preparing us for something that we could have never imagined. Amen. I'm pretty sure none of us on any given day would have imagined two churches coming together the way that ours did. I don't think anybody would have sat in a room and been like, hey, I know what, why don't we go join this? Like, because God was making a way where there seemed no way. God had a purpose that was going to prevail, and we just had to walk out the process. We just had to trust him in that. Now, as exciting as that is, and I want to continuously celebrate that, we need to celebrate, even in the small victories, we must also guard our hearts from this motive of thinking that we've arrived. God has brought us to this place for such a time as this to do even greater things. The goal is not the facility, Facilities just help facilitate God's purpose. This is not a we have arrived moment. This is a God is just getting started moment. And I recently just watched a, a clip this week of Jack Black. Uh, you guys know who Jack Black is? You know, Nacho Libre, get the cone out of my face, you know. Um, but he's, he's an actor, right? And, and he actually just got his uh, Hollywood star walk of fame. And I was watching this, and he was giving this speech. And he's like, man, I always dreamed as a child that I would get this, this Hollywood star walk of fame. And, and now that I've got it, like, he's, the question is, is where do I go from here? Like, what is there? Like, what else is there to do? Like, this was the dream. I've, I've arrived. And then he goes on to say that, I'm, so now I'm going to announce my retirement. And, and I don't know if he was, I think he was joking, but, but that's, that's the idea, right? Is we can often think in our own lives that, man, if I just get this, then I've arrived. Hey, if I just get to this place, then I can retire and I, I've got it. I got the job. I got the dream. I got, like, I've arrived. But God does not include the concept of retirement in his economy. You see, if you're still here, if you still have breath in your lungs, do me a favor, put your hand over your heart. If you feel that beating, God still has a plan and a purpose for you. He is not done with you yet. He still has more in store for you. And the same goes for us as a church. Arriving at a place where we have our own building, this is not a time to let off the gas. This is a time to double down. This is a time to just, you know, keep on going. Because God has so much planned for us as a church. And God is going to use that place on Strickland Road as, as a city on a hill. The campus is just another piece to God's purpose. And we got to be a part of it. So can I just invite the band to come up? So next week, when we're over there, Remember, remember, next week is not the grand 
opening, okay? As Pastor Scott said, don't invite your friends, okay? This is just kind of a soft launch. Like, obviously, if your friends want to come, like, don't stop them, you know? Like, no, you're not hearing about Jesus today. Um, but, but the idea is, like, don't, don't invite them in a sense of, like, hey, it's going to be great. It's going to be the big, because it's not. That's the week after. That's the ninth, okay? Just felt like I had to say that. But when we're over there, let's praise God for how he's going to use that facility. Let's praise God for that, that place is going to be a facility where the gospel's preached, where sick people are going to be healed, addicted people set free, lost people found, families reconciled, marriages restored, lost people found, orphans adopted. Because you see, it's not about the place. It's all about people stepping into the purpose that God has for them. So today as you leave this place, I want you to know that God has a calling upon your life. Don't get content with where you are. Don't compromise on this mission. It's way too important. And I want you to know that God sees you in the process and to trust him in it. Can we stand as, as we, we start to pray? If you're here today and you feel a little confused, that things aren't going the way you planned, that you're feeling discouraged, I want to pray for you. Feel like there's people in this room today that are in the midst of something and you felt like giving up. You feel like you can't go on. And you have this, you have this thought of like, God was bringing me to this place and I don't get why I, why I just can't break through. And God wants you to know today that he's here. He's right there beside you. Even when you can't go on, even when you don't know how to take one more step, God is saying, trust me. If that's you this morning, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want you to raise your hand. God doesn't need you to raise your hand, but I just, I just want to see. I want to pray for you. Okay, I see that hand. I see that hand. God is with you. Don't give up. If God has called you to this, he's going to make a way. And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, and this is your first time hearing about God, I want you to know he has a plan and a purpose for your life, and you don't have to get right before coming to God. We come to God, and he's the one that begins to change us, to shape us, and we walk it out daily. Getting your life together is not a process you can do without God. You need him in the process. If that's you today and you want to know Jesus, I know it might feel awkward. I know you might feel nervous. But go ahead and raise your hand. I want to pray for you too. If that's you today, I just, I just want to make room. I don't want you to miss that opportunity. Okay, I see that hand. You see, in the coming month, we're going to celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior. People had this picture in the mind of what that moment was going to look like of how Jesus was going to enter this world. But Jesus entered in a different way than they imagined, than they pictured. You see, Jesus came as a child. He walked out the process. He is the perfect example of walking out the process of purpose. And he did it all knowing what was to come, a death on a cross, an agonizing death on a cross. Pastor Scott spoke about it a couple weeks ago. He did all that for you.
Jesus made a way where there seems no way. No matter the picture you have in your head of God today, I want you to know that he loves you. He went through this whole process so you wouldn't have to. And if you want to experience the fullness of God today, now's your chance. Don't put it off. Tomorrow's not promised. So if that's you today, if you raise your hands, we're going to ask for the elders and pastors to be up on the sides. And if you want to get with them after, they want to pray with you. If you're stepping into a relationship with Jesus Christ today, can, can we just celebrate that? I saw people raise their hands. Can we just celebrate that? This is what we're all about, church. It's all about connecting people to Jesus for life change. And we celebrate in that. And so, Lord God, we just thank you and we praise you for today. We thank you that you love us and that you went through this whole process to die on a cross for us so we wouldn't have to. We love you, Lord. And I just pray for those people, Lord God, that are going through that difficulty, that confusion, and they're feeling like, God, why have you brought me out here? They feel like giving up. I pray that you'll just be with them, that you'll speak to them, that you'll make your presence known to them, and that they can just trust in you. Thank you that you're with us every step of the way. Even when we're going through the storms of life, I thank you that you're right there in the boat with us. And for those that raise the hand, I pray that they'll, they'll put their trust in you as Lord and Savior of their life. That they'll accept that you are their King and their Savior, that you died on that cross and rose again. And that they can just step into new life with you and walk out this process of life with you. Lord God, we love you and we honor you. In Jesus' name. Amen.